Today on Church Public, we talk about life, death, and marriage, and some other things. In Illinois, a terrible and evil shooting at a parade occurred over the weekend. In Japan, the declining birth rate is a national problem and perhaps foreshadowing of other places in the world. Meanwhile, back in America, response to Roe being overturned in the states and being returned to the states, men and women alike are choosing to be sterilized intentionally. I'm Matt Odegaard, and this is Church Public. Welcome back to Church Public. I am Matt Odegaard, your host, and I appreciate your time here today. I know it's valuable, and I want to make good use of it. I want to help you understand how to follow Jesus and live in this crazy and public world, because every time that you walk out of your front door, you're going to interact with people, probably people who have different views than you. And I want to help you in whatever way that I can be knowledgeable of what is going on, both in the world and how to interact with it from a Christian perspective. That's my main goal, so that you can understand how to view these things in light of Jesus, the Bible, the way. So I hope this is helpful to you. If it is, give it a like, give it a subscribe, give it a notification, click that bell or button or whatever happens to be on your device so that you get notified that these episodes come out. Try and do as many as I physically can. And in addition, if this is helpful and you want to share it with somebody, that really helps too because I want to get the word out about Jesus and how we're supposed to live in this crazy, crazy world. So, a bunch of things going on in the world today. I actually wanted to start with a story that kind of doesn't make any difference about anything, but I wanted to talk about Chris Pratt. And and mainly, I mean, Chris Pratt, some of you know, star of Marvel movies like Guardians of the Galaxy, Jurassic Park. He's the voice of Emmett from the Lego movies. Uh, I think this picture that I'm showing here is Parks and Rec or something. He's been on the scene for a long time. And he's long been the target of Hollywood left because of his views, especially on God. I chose not to play it here today. You can go and grab the YouTube if you want. But in 2018, I believe, he delivered a rather famous, some would say infamous speech declaring that God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. Believe that I do, Pratt said. I think that was a great statement. I actually have referred to his speech more than once because it's a great example of someone sharing faith about God in a place that just denies God, just outright hates God, and loves everything that is anti-Christ. I mean, that's just the reality of Hollywood as it is. So it's been great to see at least one person saying, you know, God is real. Maybe you should think about following him or believing in him or something or other. And I knew this day was coming. It's not a surprise to me at all. Because, especially in the last couple of years, the tides have turned. That's why I started this. That's why I keep saying over and over again, this is church public. This is taking your faith with you wherever you go. And you're going to have to make these decisions more and more as the days go on. We lived in this golden age, this wonderful honeymoon period, where you could just be a Christian and it was culturally cool. Everybody thought you were awesome. You believed in something and that was great. That age is done. In fact, I'd say that age is dead. Nietzsche would say that we killed God uh, and that God is dead. What people don't read in Nietzsche most of the time, they just read that quote and think that's what he talked about. But what he was really talking about is, then what are the repercussions? What are the effects if we kill God? How does society live if there's no foundation anymore? I'm not going to get into a deep philosophical treatise today, but I want to point to Chris Pratt and see if we can learn something from him. I'll just read you this quote and I'm going to censor it a little bit because he included some swear words that I think he did to try to show how cool he is 
in the Hollywood community. I mean, I really think that's what it is. Anyway, I'll just read this. Religion has been oppressive as blank for a long time. He said, uh, this was in a men's health profile. He said, I didn't know that I would kind of become the face of religion when really I'm not a religious person. He said, I think there's a distinction between being religious, adhering to the customs created by man, oftentimes appropriating the awe reserved for who I believe is a very real God, and using it, religion, to control people, to take money from people, abuse children, steal land, justify hatred, whatever it is. Continuing on, he said, the evil that's in the heart of every single man has glommed onto the back of religion and come along for the ride, end quote. See, yes, kind of. But the problem is, you have to choose something. Joshua, the person in the Bible, right, would say, you have to choose who you're going to serve. Are you going to serve God? Are you going to serve man? Are you going to serve some other God? You're going to have to choose, and you're going to have to choose at some point in time. So what is your choice going to be? And this is where we get to the point of today and the point of this story. Again, I don't care what he does. I don't particularly care what he says, but he's a good illustration of what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to choose who you serve. You're going to have to make a distinction, and that's really where we find ourselves today. The Daily Beast uh, notes, quote, the distinction Pratt makes between being a religious person and someone who just happens to love God is common amongst younger modern Christians who don't want to be held responsible for bigoted fundamentalist interpretations of the faith, end quote. And actually, that's correct. That's what people continue to do. They're trying to kind of find that line in between, well, I do believe in God, I want to love God, but I can't live an outright faith because then I will lose my job, I'll lose my friends, I'll lose my money, I'll lose my family, who knows? Like, And that's the reality of it. In fact, I'm thinking behind me, I have a book that says The Cost of Discipleship, and, and it costs. It costs to follow God, and it's going to. And we're at that point where you can't be in the middle. We've reached this moment in time, again, I would say, that you have to be in or out. Kind of reminds me of something that was said in Revelation 3 about being hot or cold. You can look that up later if you want to. But this is the point, really, of life. We've been in this place where you can be a Christian, you cannot be a Christian. People pretty much don't care. Some do, most don't. We're not in that place anymore. Now you have to decide. You can't be in the middle and say, well, I believe in God and God is awesome, but I also just want to live my life and do all the things that I want to do because I don't want to really commit to saying that I'm religious, that I follow after God, that I actually live my life in all of the areas for God. So there's dozens of articles trying to examine his true motives, and I don't know him, so I can't really say, and I don't really care because it doesn't matter. The point I want you to draw here is that you are going to have to choose if you haven't already. Pratt is a celebrity, and like most celebrities, he's trying to walk this line being popular, hip, and cool, and employable. And he's currently at the bottom of that last list. He's a straight white male and, dare I say it, a Christian. Maybe. I don't know. But he's trying to cross that last one off of his list, but also kind of not. He's trying to walk that line of being spiritual but not religious. And this just doesn't work. It's not a winning strategy. You can't apologize to the mob. They don't care. We have seen that over and over and over and over again. You have to choose to take your stand and hopefully choose the right stand. That's what I want to help you find. What is the right thing to do? Because there is a right and there is a wrong, even though people say there's not. But this is the point. You have to choose. You choose to follow Jesus or you choose to not follow Jesus. Of course, I'm pulling for you and hope that you do choose to follow Christ. I want to help you figure that out in the best way that I can. But as always, that choice is going to be up to you.
Pratt is a very public example of what is happening all over the country right now, in schools and boardrooms and workplaces and other places, all over the place. The choice is coming for you too. You're going to have to choose. You may have been able to skate by, to be spiritual, not religious, to be like maybe Christian, probably Christian, a little bit Christian, whatever that means, but you're going to have to choose no matter the public response. And that's really the thing here. There's a story of a guy in the Bible. His name was Peter. Christ told him, hey, you're going to deny me. Peter comes to the place where Christ is being beaten. He's being tried. He's being imprisoned. And Peter is given the opportunity three times to say, hey, don't you know that guy? Aren't, weren't you with that guy? Don't you follow after that guy? And Peter three times says, nah, I don't know that dude. Like, I'm not related to that dude. I, no, I am not a Christian. That's the language of today, but that's the point of the story back in the Bible. And it is still true today. What are you going to choose? Are you going to be like Peter and say, no, I, I don't know Jesus. I'm, I'm spiritual, but not religious. I'm not, I'm not really a follower. I just kind of like dabble in the Christian-y thing or whatever. I, I like God. God's cool. You know, it's cool. Or are you going to say, well, like some of the disciples said later, where were we going to go? Where, where would we go other than being with you, God? And that's really the point that we have to choose. All right. Other stories today. And this is a tragic story, so this is a terrible segue, but we have to talk about this. There was a shooting on the 4th of July, on the 4th of July parade in, Hi parade in Highland Park, Illinois. It, uh, this parade turned into a deadly mass shooting. At least at this moment, six people are dead, 30 are injured, maybe more. Um, a 22-year-old suspect has been arrested. I'm not going to bring fame to this shooter, so I'm not going to mention the name. You can look up a bunch of other reports. A bunch of people have posted it, shown what he looks like. It's interesting. It's sad. It's terrible. Um, this, is, this is truly evil. According to the reports, the shooter was on the rooftop above the parade and opened fire on the crowd. More details are going to come in. So I'm not going to give a, a, an opinion on what happened, why it happened, what was going on, because really those points don't matter. The biggest point is, and I have two main thoughts about this today. One, this is a tragedy and it should not have happened. There is evil in the world, and it seeks to kill and destroy and corrupt men into killers. Evil has done this since the beginning. This is the way of humanity. We need to be aware of that, and we need to punish people when they act unjustly. We have this two-pronged system of telling people that they can be and they can do whatever they want, but then we also don't punish them after a crime because it wasn't really their fault. This is wrong on both counts. We need to instruct our youth, our boys, our girls, our men and women on what is right and what is true. And as I mentioned before, there is a right and there is a wrong. And when anyone does wrong, they must be given a punishment to fit the crime. We are reticent to do this as a society. We have district attorneys that I've talked about before that intentionally will not sentence people to the punishment of their crime because they feel like, oh, they had a bad childhood. We need to stop doing this ridiculousness. When someone does a crime, regardless of who they are, what they look like, where they come from, we need to punish the crime. That is justice. And we are, we are not doing justice when we let someone off for no reason. This isn't one of those situations it doesn't seem like. So this is number two. Why are so many young men violent and unchecked in their violence? We have failed young men. How have we failed young men? I know a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts about this. 
and I, and I want to get to some other news, so I'm not going to go deep into this right now, but in quick succession, many of these young men, if not most of these young men, have no fathers, or at least passive parenting. They have no morals passed through family or church especially, and probably the biggest thing is they have no God. Therefore, they have no authority to accept as higher than their own. They are the master of their kingdom, each to their own. So they say things like, why would I listen to you? Why do I care what you think I should do? I don't believe in God, so who cares if I kill? This is a problem, and it results in symptoms like people killing other people. Because if you don't have authority, and if you keep saying there's no higher authority, then people are going to do whatever they want, and we have no value on human life, and this is becoming a really, really big problem. Today, for instance, I guarantee you will hear the same people say, you must have the right to kill babies up until the point of birth for any reason you want, but killing children on the street during a parade is the worst evil. Until we understand that both of these things are an abomination, they are evil. Killing, period, innocent people, period, is evil. Until we understand this, until we really internalize the value of human life, no matter what that life is or represents, we cannot change anything. And at the same time, until we understand that you have to give justice for those evil actions that is appropriate to the action, we will not be able to change anything. That's why these people that say womb to tomb and pro-life is womb to tomb, which means you allow killing of babies, but disallow killing of criminals, this doesn't make any sense. It is literally exactly backwards. We cannot kill innocent babies because they're innocent. We should punish guilty people because they're guilty. This is totally morally consistent, and like many things in the culture, we have flipped them exactly upside down, and now, unfortunately, and tragically, and terribly, and hear my heart on this, this is terrible, we are reaping the benefits of what we have sown, and it really is sad. So we need to understand that we have to give justice for the innocent, and we have to give justice for the guilty. This is consistent morally, and we're not teaching people this moral truth. They have to understand. Okay, this is a weird but kind of related, and it's a terrible, another terrible transition, but we have to talk about this because it is super weird, but it is actually really sort of related, and this is going to feel like a big left turn, but please stay with me. So this is a weird but kind of related story that has to do with minions. And no, I'm not talking about Satan's minions. I'm talking about the weird movie theater characters. Here's a picture if you're watching on video. If you're just listening on audio, thank you. And if you want to watch on video, go to churchpublic.com, go to YouTube. If I'm kicked off YouTube, I'll post it on Rumble. At any rate, we're talking about minions. If you're not watching, this is a picture of minions wearing suits. What does this have to do with anything? Well, (laughs) apparently, an army, an army of young men in suits. Let's see, I might have a little clip for you. Suits and they're going to these movies. Go. They're the gentle minions. TikTok phenomenon. And these young men put on suits as gentle minions and they go to the theater in large groups, sometimes causing havoc and disturbances, but mainly it just seems like they're trying to have fun as teens. Here's the reason this is related and why I put this in today. It's a silly story, 
but I think it points to this larger issue of young men. These young men have no purpose, they have no cause, they have no focus. While this may be just some teens having fun, I think it really does point to something bigger, something deeper that every boy needs a reason to be. Who I am is this question that every man has asked for millennia, and that has not changed. The element that has changed is these young ones are getting their meaning, their answer to the question, who I am, from social media. And that's not a great thing. While this gentle minion craze is mostly lighthearted fun and granted nice to see boys in suits instead of other weird outfits of the day, this points to a need that is not being met, either in the home or in the church. What is the meaning of life? What is my purpose here? And this little animated answer may be mostly harmless, but much of social media is not, and we need to continually understand that. This trend comes directly from social media, and yes, they're just having fun, but we have seen from numerous violent and sexually deviant behaviors, much of social media is not good, and in fact is pointing young children towards a level of immorality not seen for a very, very long time. And this is a problem, and we need to take note of it. So, this is a funny little story about minions, but we just need to understand that there's more going on here in the souls, in the character, and in the development of these young men. Finally, back to Roe, and speaking of Roe, and speaking of children and giving birth, um, I have a few stories that all connect to the next generation, or perhaps the lack of the next generation, as we turn to Japan, of all places. And I know this is going to be another weird stretch, but it is all kind of connected. According to Bloomberg, the fertility crisis started in Japan, but it won't stay there. So, some of you know, some of you may not know, but Japan has been in a fertility crisis for literally decades at this point. I think since the 80s. I'll give you some stats in just a moment about this. In 2012, the New York Times asked, without babies, how can Japan even survive? The Atlantic wrote, the mystery of why Japanese people are having so few babies. To be fair, Japan talks about the population crisis as much as anyone themselves. A recent paper in Japan said... We need to declare a declining birth rate state of emergency. So it's turning into a literal governmental issue. So back in 1989, Japan took serious notice of its declining births. The event was known as the 1.57 shock. This is total fertility rate. I've talked about this before, but it's important to kind of refresh some of our minds as to what this talks about. That year, it was less than the 1.58 of 1966, Couples avoided having kids due to superstition over a, a uh, Chinese zodiac thing. They just they thought it was a bad year to have children, so they didn't. So the rate dropped to 1.58. Then in 1989, it dropped to 1.57. In 2005, the birth rate dropped to 1.26, and it's up just a tiny bit to 1.3 in 2021. It has not been above 1.5 in three decades. Why are we talking about all these numbers? This is the point of reference. 2.1. 2.1 is the level of birth rate needed by any country to sustain it entirely. 2.1. And as another reference, almost every country in Europe, hear that, almost every country in Europe, as well as many cities and states in America, lie below the 2.1 birth rate. That means that without having enough babies, our economy, our civilization, our communities just will not actually survive. They will not and cannot survive. If there are not enough, you keep hearing this from the left, from other weird sources that we're overpopulating the earth and the earth is just going to burn up into a giant ball of flame. The opposite is actually true. Do some research on this if you don't trust me. We need to have 2.1 birth rate or 
we cannot sustain our very economy. We cannot sustain our communities. One study about Japan discusses gender equality and birth rate. This is a particularly interesting one. Gender equality and birth rate. It says, if anything, women's increasing role outside the home in recent decades, this is just talking about Japan, but read whatever you want into this. Women's increasing role outside the home in recent decades is one factor contributing to the decline, enabling women to delay marriage or not marry at all. This should resound to you as things that are literally happening in America right now as well. It continues on. This enables women to delay marriage or not marry at all, according to one report. Taiwan touts itself as the most gender-equal society in Asia. That sounds like a great thing. What's the total fertility rate of Japan? 1.08, the worst in the world. I'm just saying these things are somehow connected. Also recently in the news, Japan has banned same-sex marriage. They've just outright banned it. I know we just went through Pride Month and all of the celebration of all of the pride things, but in Japan, we have this quick story from the BBC News where they have banned same-sex marriage. Why, they say, because there are not enough babies. And I assume you know how babies are made. I'm just going to leave that article at that and let you draw your own conclusions. But according to the article, Japan's constitution defines marriage as between both sexes. So then we come back to America for the last connected story that's just a collection of stories that I think brings this home, and tragically so. The reaction to Roe, for many right now, apparently is sterilization. We come back to America where the reaction to the Roe v. Wade reversal through the Mississippi versus Dobbs Supreme Court case that we've talked about is to apparently get sterilized. Recent Daily Beast article is titled, Abortion Chaos Sends Women Racing to Get Tubes Tied. A related NBC News story says, More men are seeking vasectomies now that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe. Both of these articles have a similar point. Rather than stop having sex, or get married, as some people used to do, people chose to make it impossible to have children. Ever. In other words, get sterilized. One hospital said they usually get three to four vasectomy requests per week, Last week, it was 90, from 3 to 90. Another said the request went up 900%. An OBGYN in Texas said she has seen a marked increase in women in their 20s wanting tubal ligation in order to prevent pregnancy permanently. Here's the reason I put all of these stories together. This all illustrates the lie about the value of life that the left, that the progressives are telling you. They want to say that they value life. They don't. Whether it is murder, abortion, sterilization, family is the building block of society. And for various reasons, as a society, we just don't believe in that anymore. But we really should. We really need to. We really need to value human life. We really need to value families. We, need, we really need to focus on building and growing families, not just biologically, which is super important, but also, as I say a lot, spiritually, morally and in terms of faith. We need to grow the faith of our families and pass on these morals and pass on these values and grow communities and think longer term and think about, hey, I need to have a bunch of kids and I need to instill in them the values and morals of our forefathers, of the Bible, of Jesus, so that we can live in this world and actually make this world better. Because if you haven't noticed, if you go along the lines of the left, the progressives and everybody else on that side, it doesn't seem like their ways are working. That's just my opinion. So, if you're not married, you should find a spouse. 
If you are married, you should have kids. And if you have kids, you should train them in the way of Jesus. And that leads us to today's verse of the day. Genesis 1, 27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and every little living thing that moves on the earth. And God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. Genesis 1, 27, 28 and 31. For Church Public, I'm Ed Odegaard and I hope as always that you will keep the faith. Thanks for choosing Church Public. If you haven't already, like, subscribe, and share if you want to. I really appreciate that, and it helps. God bless, and we'll see you next time.